And I'm Stanley Wiggins. And this is Black Hipster, where we talk about Black pop culture, gay pop culture, Black gay pop culture, and sometimes other shit. <laughs> Wizard! Hello, darling. Happy Saturday. I was just watching um, RuPaul's Drag Race, um, the reunion, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm feeling myself a little bit. Um, I loved some of the music videos. It was, it was fun. It was cute. I don't know if you guys watched it yet. Um, I did. I saw. Yeah, I saw. I'm caught up on that. I loved. Um, was it Joey J or Joey Jet? I never. I don't remember his name. But I actually, I really liked Joey. I I'm really trying to Joey. I like Joey, but I'm trying to remember his music video. His the, music video. It was video. the, the uh, NSYNC one. Oh, I yes, thought it yes. was cute, and it was like filler queen. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 when he came really in really again. Yeah, yeah. So far, that one was my favorite. Um, yeah. That I had to... Favorite. I have to watch it over again because his was cool, but I liked. I actually enjoyed Elliot's because I liked this. He had, he did a I, song that I like. I thought Elliot wasn't giving the dance enough, though. I he thought wasn't. the choreography was great, but yeah. Elliot wasn't executing it to the fullest extent. Yeah, yeah, he seemed a little like that's the dude, I guess. But she yeah, was the, really the, timid. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking you can do more. I love but that I, you're calling that you're saying he, and I'm saying she. <laughs> oh, you know, interchangeable, I guess. Yeah, I know it's weird that we do that. But yeah, I um, and also I thought Tamisha's. I was like, uh, the sound quality on the song was like, oh, <laughs> Tamisha. I like Tamisha. I really like Tamisha. But uh-huh. I was like Tamisha, girl. <laughs> It's a whole no for me. Um, oh. I thought the concept of the song was interesting and cute, uh-huh. but the sound quality was terrible. And then, like the, it was like the dancers are doing a great job. Where you at, hon? Well, you know she can't move as much. I think because I of her. Know, but it was just like so. Then, if this is your video, make it surrounding something you can do instead of yeah. just having these dancers dancing. Because it was like you're not even on the screen. Yeah, yeah. That that was kind of. Yeah, that was kind of weird. And by the way, how fine was the dude with the with the locks in um, La La Ree's video? La La Ree did the video with a special guest. I don't know whoever the person was that was doing the song with oh, La La, yeah. and she was uh, touching the guy with the locks. Ooh, <laughs> ciao. Mm. The funny thing is, I don't remember yes. because I didn't like La La Ree's video. I like La La Ree, but the ones that I didn't oh, really yeah. like that much, I, I was like, like I don't. Video. I didn't like the song for Child. I did like the eye candy. <laughs> you did like the eye candy. Yeah. Justice is everything. My thing is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe I'll. No, I'm not going to rewatch it. But uh, I think my thing, I remember after and remember after watching it, I was said to Josh, I go, listen, everybody can do it. Everybody can do what they want to do. But I go, you're doing something that has her video was very much like I'm the hot girl on the block. I'm profiling. There's men behind me. We're all dancing. But it was like that everyone does that. But if you're going to do it, do it as well or better than everyone else. It was like, it looked like a rip-off video. It was just like, it wasn't up to par, the, the production value. So maybe you should have did something else. Because now all I'm thinking of, of all the videos that you're trying to be like, and then you're not, you're not. But yours is the, is the worst version. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I, that's what I was disappointed with. And I like Lalaria. She seems very fun. But, you know, she, she's, she, her taste level is a little bit questionable. Right. Yeah. I, Lala yeah. still needs more polish. I yeah. agree. She, she's I not like polished. Lala a lot. Lala seems fun. Lala seems genuine. 
Um, but Lala still looks busted. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just going to say it as, like, I'm just going to say it. Because, yeah. because, like, we could dance around it. And, you know, I never want to feel like I'm tearing another black person down. But I don't think I am by just no. honestly saying that your polish is just not there. And you look a little busted. Yeah, yeah. And she that did. um that snake outfit was also my favorite. And Lala mm-hmm. said the snake outfit with her favorite. And I'm like, yeah, because that was when you looked the best. Your makeup looked better, mm-hmm. and you just the taste level was there. Yeah, in a full snake outfit. So if you can do polish and full snake, then you can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can do it. But then you wonder too, because she said, if you, I ever, I, I, what I heard her say is that I was a, I before Drag Race, she was very much a leotard type of girl mm-hmm. and um then she had to step it up for drag race so i feel as though she got help she had people mm-hmm. help her do that because it's like yeah you probably bodysuit leotard that's easy you don't have to think think as much you aren't as creative with those things so it requires so i think fashion necessarily isn't her isn't it's her that, forte. Well, she yeah. probably more busted bodysuits too because yeah. at the end of the day like no you know what i'm saying because you know you can translate that to other things like if you have we're we're not talking about like taking a love and um a talent for like clothing and translating mm-hmm. that into like interior design. We're talking about clothing and then just changing the type of clothing. Yeah. So I don't trust that you had fly bodysuits either. I think mm-hmm. they were probably busted and of poor quality and poor taste as well. Mm-hmm. And then you took that poor taste and poor quality that you had in, in, in your, your bodysuits and then translated that into fuller clothing. And and then on top of that, you went from bodysuits to like thought dresses yeah. <laughs> that were always rising in the back or yes. in the front. It it was like your fits are wrong. The whole thing just was a disaster, yeah. and it, I was just, it just you don't have it right. And I'm yeah. not expecting everybody to be a Gigi, but you know, you, you, <laughs> it is yeah. And I guess like you know, and, and you know, yeah, you would think that people would. It, I, I always, it's just kind of like the sewing challenges when they come, and I'm like, are you doing this for TV? Like everyone knows that there's going to be a sewing challenge. So when you come, take a course or do something. Are you I'll not... say this, though. It's yeah. not easy to just learn how to sew. I, I agree. People visualize things differently. Like, I tried to take a sewing class, and I was over it. Mm-hmm. And I would love so badly to know how to sew, but I don't want to learn how to sew. Yeah. I just want to wake up one morning and then just, just hand to that machine and just mm-hmm. whip up a whole fit. Like... I tried to take a, a sewing class at Mood. They had like, mm-hmm. a free sewing class. I even, there was like a, a bag that you had to get like a kit for it. It was like $90. I worked my way around the whole kit and everything. I was like, <laughs> I'm not paying for this. And the teacher was just like picking on me. It was like some black guy and I was uh-huh. not here for it. First day, he had something smart to say out of his, out the side of his mouth at me. And I think he was like, lightweight flirting mm-hmm. too. But I was like, mm, I'm not here for this. The negging and the, mm-mm. like, I can't yeah. so. And then I think about a second class, I was like, oh, I ain't coming back. Um, oh. and, but, and it's also, it's just not easy. It's one of those things. It's like, there's cert- there are a lot of things that I see, I pick up on it. It's very easy. But sewing was just not easy for me. It was just mm-hmm. not something I was learning easy. I was getting. It's also the way that you teach things to people. Yeah, that, that also changes that some people, you know, I mean, obviously we all know about this, right? It was like visual learners and auditory learners and um, and like kinesthetic learners. And I don't even think I'm a kinesthetic learner, 
But What's um, I need to like it, it's all in your hands. Like you need to be able to feel things and touch things and do. Uh, um, okay. To learn things, I don't even think I think you can explain things to me. And I get it, but you have to explain things a certain way. Like I, for years, that didn't couldn't like figure out how to cornrow. Like a regular mm-hmm. ass cornrow. Anytime yeah. I cornrowed, anytime I would mimic what I was seeing when people cornrowed, mine would come out looking like a French braid. And okay. I learned how to cornrow in one in one freaking class on Facebook during the pandemic. Uh-huh. Um, this woman had a class. It was called a safe space for black girls that never learned how to braid. <laughs> it was like a five dollar class, and it was the way that she explained it. And literally, I was cornrowing, and I was like, "Why? Why couldn't somebody just say that?" It was literally a matter of one statement that clarified the whole thing for me. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> and, then I, and then I got it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And That's my wig cool. was looking lit. So, <laughs> so um, now you I know was, how to do it. You've gotten better. Yeah, I mean, I should practice more. I said I was gonna buy a dummy and stuff, but then I didn't want to order things that I didn't need. This was like the beginning of the pandemic, and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that to the the Amazon workers and whatever. But um, but yeah, you know, I'm gonna get back to practicing. Because yeah, I feel why? like I'll have a kid one day and I need to cornrow the hair. Um, yeah. Because what the hell yeah. else do I need to cornrow for? You know, I, I got a baldy right now. I ain't got the cornrow shit. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I understand the not knowing how to sew when you get to drag race. <laughs> because <laughs> maybe you tried and it just was not something you were going to pick up that easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, no, and to your point, like I I agree with you. I understand that like it seems like it's something that's difficult. I guess it's editing, they don't and people don't um say everything, but it's like reveal everything. But it's like they come on and it seems like you didn't you never picked up a, a sewing machine. You never even tried to take a class. But then who <laughs> knows? But then also I'm pretty sure they probably think there's so many people um who have con- gone through the show who did not know how to sew who won, you know, or mm-hmm. who got very, very far. So maybe that's what it is. I think um, what they need to be smart about is like there are a lot of shortcuts and things you can do. So it's like at least learn to just hem a garment. Like you should be able to just run something through the machine in a straight line. But then you also better be the best hand sewer from (laughs) here to goddamn Zimbabwe. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, you better be able to hand sew the whole hem of a dress in three minutes. And you better know all the shortcuts, like the what's the name tape. Um, mm-hmm. I know everybody knows how to hot glue shit, but like, you know, they have the what's the name tape that you can create a, a nice straight sleek hem mm-hmm. with that thing. You fold it over and you iron it and stuff like that. You better learn like those little tricks and those little secrets. That's but, smart. Child, if I tell you I could hand sew the hell out of something. Yeah, I mean, I can put a button back on. I'm pretty sure I can do a ham if I had to. You know, like I, I have a so you know, I have a little sewing kit that I do. You know, stitching stuff up, and uh, you know, I always get some people like, you know, not everyone, only like two or three people know I know how to sew, and it's like you know how to sew, and I'm like, uh, yeah, because I was a little boy and I used to make um outfits for my sister's doll, so um, I learned how to do it myself. I love this outfits for your sister's dolls, yeah. like not your doll. Because of course, also this was the eighties. Um, <laughs> it was the nineties. Oh, it was the nineties. <laughs> the other day we were driving. I think we were in like Clinton Hill, and mm-hmm. the, this couple was walking. We were annoyed because we're like they had the baby was just like walking in the street. He was walking so slowly, and the oh. light had changed. And we're like, this is when you just need to pick your kid up. But he was pushing a stroller. <laughs> <And we were laughs> like, 
that stroller. Like, that is adorable. But he also had these like slouchy pants and this big shirt. He looked like an old man who like worked in a factory and was pushing this stroller. He couldn't have been no more than like two or three. But we were like, I like to see it. Then we go was to it, University of Toys for these kids. Did he, he have a baby in the stroller? No. Was there like a toy? Uh- it was nothing in the stroller. It was just, it was clearly like a doll stroller. So maybe uh-huh. he has a doll that goes in there, but he was just pushing the stroller. That is cute. <laughs> but I was also like, why do we give kids like strollers and babies? <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Like, weird, just huh? as a general, like, oh, here's a toy. You should play, you should learn how to like be a dad. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm three. I wonder what it is because kids like I, I wonder what came first. Like kids love to emulate to a certain degree what they see adults do. You know, they have the kids doing you have easy bake ovens. They my nephew, he had one of those kitchens, you know, those toy kitchens that he loved to quote unquote prepare food and feed you and all those things. I wonder if that's what it comes from. It's a part of their learning. Cause it's like I understand that, but mm-hmm. this idea of like <laughs> I'm the parent to this doll. Like that, that was just a little bit we- more weird. Because I get the nursery part. I bought my friend, our friend, our friend's son a doll, um, mm-hmm. a girl doll too. But that was because she was pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know how kids are. Like he'll be three when the baby comes. He's gonna be all kinds of trying to feed that baby, trying to change that baby, yeah. um, or trying to do anything that baby. Number one to get their attention, mm-hmm. but number two because I think kids just do that, and then they want to help. And then I was like, so let's get him a doll, so a he can learn. Like this is how you change the baby. This is how you feed the baby. But number one, yeah. feed the baby, so that yeah. when he wants to help in ways that he can't help with the real baby, you tell him to go get his baby. And yeah, then he can, baby. he can like you guys can do your baby thing together, and mm-hmm. then you know he'll be excited because he's doing something with mom. But then he's also not like hurting the the real baby. <laughs> yes. um, that was really my that was my thought process behind that. Um, and then That's also fun. help him like kind of learn how to be nurturing and show him how to be gentle, or whatever. Because you know how toddlers are. Oh yeah, the baby step up on the scene, they are not having it. Mm-hmm. And you ask them the whole day, just drop the baby's head right. or something. Uh, you, you know they. Him. They hit the baby. It's like, you can't smack the baby, sweetie. You cannot just hit the baby. They can't, they don't care, you know? <laughs> yeah, toddlers are hilarious. But okay, before before we move on to the topic at hand, before we watch the episode of Drag Race, who are you rooting for? Oh, I'm actually not rooting for anybody. I'm mm-hmm. open to whoever wins, I think. Um, okay. I will say that I think of the four, since you know who the top four are, Mm-hmm. Um, of the four, I think Rosé is the most deserving of the win. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's, for me, I also have, you know, whoever wins, whoever, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I feel, I, I, I think I'm going to give the edge to Got Mick. Um, really? Got Mick, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Got Mick is the last for me out of Oh, uh, Candy's the last for me out of all. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I enjoy I, something about Candy. There's something like yeah, Candy I like is her. annoying, but then also fun and funny. Yeah. But I think also with for me, Candy turned the corner because Candy understands that Candy a little crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and Candy's <laughs> like I'm delusional, and you know what I mean. I think I can always appreciate anybody that's self-aware. Yeah, but also mm-hmm. like self-aware when they're super over the top because there are mm-hmm. a lot of people that are so over the top. 
and they think that that's normal behavior <laughs> and that everybody else is crazy. So I can appreciate when someone's like, oh, no, I'm a total motherfucking train wreck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, glad you, you know it. Do you have a lot of friends like that, do you think? like <laughs> That are self-aware that they're the worst? Yeah, uh, like, they're a train wreck or they're over no. the top? Oh, okay. No, my, my actual personal friends, no. I think my friends are pretty even killed. Uh-huh. Like they're super chill. I have two close friends that are from Canada. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. they're the fr- and everyone's always like they're so friendly. They're so sweet. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they're Canadian. <laughs> and they're both doctors, you know. So you know, they were on the show. Both. Yeah, they were they're on the show. Right. right. Yes. They yes. The show. Shout out to Doctor Joy Harewood and Doctor June Harewood. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, yeah, they were they very were on polite the on the show. And, yeah, but they're they're super polite. But they're also in. Um, medicine, so they're they're they also both went into a field of taking care of people. Yes, so, and you have to be yeah, personable. No, I, and... I, I have more friends like that than like crazy guy. Like, yeah, I, I'm not friends with any drag queens. Surprisingly, <laughs> none of my friends yeah. are drag queens. Surprisingly, wow! I just realized that. No, honey. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Well, speaking of uh, friends and friendships, so I was doing I was doing a little bit of reading. And you know, we came oh, across some articles. You do yeah, that now. <laughs> I do that now. I, I delve back into it. I'm actually trying to do more reading. Uh, I used to read a lot, but you know, it's been difficult during the pandemic. But anyway, so um, you know, we were talking about friend. You know, I, I came across these articles and about friendships and about how friendships have changed and evolved during the pandemic. And it was really interesting to see how. Um, you know, just for different like demographics and 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 you know, man genders, men versus women, and young versus old. Mm-hmm. How the relationships, um, how the pandemic has re- affected their relationships, and you know, as far as like young and old, uh, a lot of the experts are, you know, a lot of the articles were talking about how, of course, it would be expected that the older people would probably be more isolated and affected by the pandemic, but it's really the younger people who have found themselves more lonely. Of course, the older people are lonely, but the younger people in greater numbers have found themselves lonelier because of the pandemic. Yeah, and I think also too, because the older people, I hate to say this, but they're probably more used to being alone because yeah. of the way that we treat the elderly in this yeah. um, where we just forget about them and then they're left to just fend for themselves. Yeah. Um, and they've also just like been through things before. Yeah, so exactly. this isn't mm-hmm. like shocking, um, you know, and yeah. all of a sudden like overwhelming for them. There are people that are like, yeah, I grew up during the depression era. Like, <laughs> this ain't the worst thing yeah. I've seen. You know what I mean? I can so handle this. They can handle it. Right. So they're just like, oh, we, we can't go outside for three years. All right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Stay warm and toasted. Right. And, They're like, let me go ahead and get, make sure I got all my knitting material. Your <laughs> knitting material. They're going to just hunker down and, and wait until the, the shit is, is gone. Whereas, like, young people have never been through shit before and they're acting like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to them because yeah. maybe it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. And 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 it was interesting too because they the way that they defined like younger people as in um, young people who are adolescents um, typically is defined from ten to twenty five. So that's the younger people. So we're amongst the older people, and they were kind of talking about different sort of areas in your life where you develop friendships. For mm-hmm. those younger people, you know, you have your high school friends, and you develop friends, you know, and you know at college or university, and sort of that's been disrupted for them, you know, and 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 the way things happen when you're younger is just right. like their minds aren't fully grown. So they 
aren't able to sort of cope, they cope with things differently. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and, and it seems like so, this seems so much more, I mean, it's a huge freaking deal, but uh, for them it's so much larger than it is for us in terms of friendship because we've developed our friendships. We've had friendships that have, you know, existed for, you know, 10, 20 years. Right, so from college. From college, exactly. So, <laughs> we're, you know, we made our friends. Yeah, yeah. So we're able to sort of say, okay, this is just a moment, a small moment in time. Was, it can be difficult, but we already have established friendships. We know our friends are still there. We know that they're going to be there after the pandemic versus them. They don't have those sort of longstanding relationships and they're just, they're missing that time where they're able to develop. So that was really um, interesting. And um, they talked about the gender roles. I mean, there's, we're going to hop back into that, but we, they talked about the gender roles, men versus women. And I think we talked about that too, how men are with their friends and how women are with their, with their own friends, how women um, are face, they said women are face-to-face friends and men are friends who I think it was do things with each other. So like men can't go out necessarily during the pandemic. Men suffer more because they, it's, it's harder for them to go out and watch football or go to the bar or, you know, hang out, go sh- to the shooting range with their friends. Whereas women- right, a girl would just call you on the phone. She'd be yes. like, <laughs> she'd be like, girl, let's FaceTime. Yes. Weekend, and you're on the phone for three hours and then feel fulfilled. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. also why we're better at long distance relationships. Now yeah. that- for me, that is completely anecdotal. I don't know <laughs> to be based on any actual research, but I just believe because women don't need like that physical, yeah, that mm-hmm. that physical touch and that whatever you get from actually being in the same space as someone as much as I think men do. Yeah. Um, and that manifests itself very much in relationships. So when you're long distance, it's like, oh, he cheated? Yeah, he cheated. Because... They need that. You were straight with just the phone calls. He was not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, a lot of that comes from the article was saying a lot of that comes from the way societal sort of pressures, the way that men and women, it's not, um, what is it? It's it's like a nature versus nurture thing. This is, it's because of the environment, the way that men and women interact with each other in that way. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, women sort of, I guess I'm inferring from this is that, you know, women, you know, men were going out, they were the gatherers, they were the hunters, you know, they were going out physically doing stuff with other men. You know, that was how they interacted. When they come back to the home, then it's just their wife and their children, you know, versus women, they're at home taking care of the village, preparing for food, preparing the kids. They would do that communally with other women. And so that's the way it sort of grew socially. But, um, it's interesting because I was thinking about, you know, myself, a lot of my um, friends are women. Women. Yeah, are women. (laughs) We're keeping you above the water right now. Yeah, yeah, women tend to live longer. That's why you're suffering because you're friends (laughs) of women and we're giving you all that lie. (laughs) Or maybe you were going to say the opposite. (laughs) Well, no, no. I think think I'm somewhere in the middle how I interact with my friends. I think I like that face-to-face um, conversation, you know, interaction, but also I can go long periods of time without like, not, not too long, but I can go long periods of time without physically seeing my friends or, um, talking to them, you know, certain times. But I think that's how it depends on the friends. And it also depends on what's going on at that, you know, at that time. I think with the pandemic, I found that it's just, it seems like there's just, so much stuff going on, so much uh, negativity. And then the fact that you're worried, about getting your friends sick or we're getting sick from them. So it's just like, it, it, it's hard to sort of manage 
what's the right thing to do. You have to sort of manage your emotions more. It's like, well, I can't go see my friends. I can't, you know, do that as much because obviously we're in a pandemic, which every which everyone is dealing with. So I deal with it in different ways. I think I'm much more insular. I've noticed about myself that I'm much more in my own head during this pandemic than I was before, I think. I think um, of our friends, you're probably the the one who seems to want to maybe need to I don't know see people the least I feel like the rest of us will will meet up and mm-hmm. see each other from time to time way more yeah um and you're like you like you're the one friend that like people have haven't seen yeah yeah interestingly enough because the rest of us are all women yeah <laughs> <And> we, we, <laughs> and you're the one that's like I'm not going yeah yeah I think yeah I, for me it's funny because it, it, it's interesting because for me, I'm okay with the phone. I mean, we do the podcast, uh, you know, and then I speak to you sort of through the podcast and we'll text during the week. Uh, you know, it like, uh, like I think it was uh, last week or something, I called you because I felt like, oh, I'm missing my friend. You know, right. I remember I was like, did something happen? Why yeah. Are you on the phone? <laughs> it, it's, I've noticed this year it's gotten like, I, I feel like I, um, the, for the, the first beginning of the pandemic, I felt fine. But now it's like, okay, I miss, I'm glad that I'm getting, um, I think that was part of the reason why it pushed me to get the vaccine because I was scared and I was kind of on the fence and I'm still scared and I'm still nervous. Well, <laughs> but, you know, blood clots. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 death. Yeah, it death. You know, there's so, you know, there's, there's risk of that. But then, you know, I had to think about it. And, you know, one of the things, you know, it was definitely lower on the list as far as like my health and, you know, everything. But I was just like, okay, well, then at least I felt like I didn't consciously think about it. But afterwards, I felt like, okay, well, I'm pretty sure the fact that I felt like I needed to be, I feel like I need to be physically with my friends a little bit more for my mental health definitely had something to do with it, you know? I, I thought about that later because it was like, uh, you know, I haven't seen them. It, it feels like your life. I feel like I'm not as connected to you or to my friends. And that is, that doesn't sit well with me. And so, um, you know, phone calls are good, but there is something that about that physical interaction that I miss um, with my friends. So that definitely played. And, and it was just like, listen, most people I know have gotten it. I don't want it to be a painful death. That just means. Everybody that I know and myself will all die together. So I was, I was like, thinking about that too. Like I was like, the one thing I do know is at least I won't feel stupid. Like uh, I didn't got this thing, got myself in trouble. But I'd be like, well, we're all gonna die. So <laughs> <laughs> like, we all in this together. It's like one big cult. Like we exactly. all drink the Kool Aid. Here we go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I didn't get the vaccine yet. By the way. No, no, I know. I know so, you haven't well, gotten. I am going to get it though. I am gonna get it. Um. Because, you know, I just figure, like, yes, this many people can be wrong. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's a joke. You know, let's not be mistaken. Like, this many people can definitely be wrong. Um, this many people can be trying to screw us over. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything has to do with the government. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, if the, if the option is get the vaccine or end up getting COVID, because I feel like at some point, if you don't get it, you are going to get COVID. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I feel good that I've been able to steer clear of COVID this whole time. But like, yeah. you know, your chances of not getting it go 
go down more and more, the more you start coming out and doing more things, even mm-hmm. when people are vaccinated. Exactly. It's like, no, you're going to come in contact with the wrong one and you're going to get COVID. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, if the other option is get COVID or get the vaccine, then I guess there really is no option. I just have to get the vaccine. And I've just encountered so many people that said, black people specifically, that were like, oh yeah, I was against the vaccine and then I got COVID. And they were uh. like, now... <laughs> They're like, you better get that vaccine quick. Uh-huh. They're like, it's no joke. They're yeah. just like, you think that you'll be okay or like you won't get sick or whatever. And they're like, Mm-mm. It, it's, it can be really bad. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess I feel like there really isn't a choice in the matter but to get it yeah. and just assume that the vaccine isn't the thing that's going to kill me. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Where it's like, well... I think in this case, it may have probably only killed one person. Um, oh, God. Of course, complications. Someone lost their death. Um, uh-huh. One of the women who had the blood clots um, died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, but COVID has proven to kill many people. Many people. You know I mean? Exactly. So when you weigh those against each other, it's just like, I could possibly maybe get blood clots and the blood clots could possibly maybe kill me. Yeah. But that's still a very far maybe and it's a stretch and it's a reach. Whereas it's like, oh, you're going to get COVID. You very well may die. Yes. Um, yes. There's no mystery in that. So, exactly. That's very, like, very true. Guess I got to get this stupid old vaccine. My <laughs> husband is halfway vaccinated. Oh, God. So, How did he um, feel? Did he have any symptoms or anything after the... Yeah. Oh, okay, that's he good. Just, yeah. His arm was hurt. That's it. He was just yeah. like, his arm was a little sore. But um, yeah, I ended up actually booking him an appointment to get a vaccine and not for myself mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I had to get another vaccination. And, um, you know, I had it scheduled. And while I was getting it, I was like, oh, hey, y'all do COVID vaccine? And they were like, we do, actually. And I'm like, look at how simple this was. We yeah. were trying to find appointments online and couldn't get shit. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I go to my GYN's office to get a different vaccine. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 Monday through Saturday. We got that. I'm like, great. Oh, that is um, But I, they were, they, I couldn't schedule anything. Well, basically, if I got the vaccine that I was didn't get that day, which was last Sunday, um, they were like, you can't get the COVID vaccine for another two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because based on how that works. And then they're like, also, we couldn't give you this until another two weeks after your second COVID vaccine, which has to be a month apart. I was yeah. like, okay, this is sounding complicated. So let me just get the vax that I came here for today because if mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not coming back for this. Yes. Um, and so they were like, you want to just schedule your husband while you're here then? I'm like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I scheduled him an appointment and he got his first shot on Wednesday. So you're supposed to get your first shot in another week or so? Um. Right. So, yeah. well, yeah. Like, you I got can to... schedule, yeah. I can schedule to get it. Like this week, I can schedule to get it in like another week or so. They just didn't have any appointments that far out yet. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I have my first shot also. I'll be getting my second one next week. So it is, um, and I felt fine. I felt fine. And Josh is completely vaccinated. It's just, yeah, to your point, you have to weigh the, the, the risk. And, you know, I have a friend in India that we weren't talking about this, but I have a friend in India and he was telling, and it's really bad there. It's, it's yeah, now it's are, really terrible. Yes. India and Brazil. Yes. Like the worst. Yeah. And, and, and I think Brazil, the, there are children that there are a lot of kids um, um, dying because of it. But um, in India, it's over 300,000 people are, are getting um, diagnosed a day um, with it. And so they're now on a lockdown, he was telling me. And, you know, he, um, 
they're now shutting it down in between certain cities where um, you can't travel. And he thinks that if it, and they, they're, they're um, estimating or projecting or something that it's gonna get much worse. So they're dealing, they're in a completely different um, situation where, you know, he's worried and, you know, I just, I can't imagine the stress that they're under because he's just like, we don't, they don't feel safe going out and everyone's getting in and they don't, they're running out of oxygen at hospital and people are yeah. dying and you they, can't. They said they don't even have beds. Yes, yes, you no can't. No oxygen, no beds. It's yeah, really, really, it's, it's really, really, really bad. Yeah, and I, I, I don't even know if other. I'm pretty sure if other countries could, they could help them. Uh, but you know, it sucks because other countries are still. Everyone's dealing with this, so mm -hmm. it's like, what? How you can only help so much? It's like, well, we're dealing with this in our own country, and it, it may not be as worse, as bad, but they're also at max capacity. I mean, India has over a billion people there, right? So I can't. But it's interesting that you say, you know, we're all dealing with this, so we can't help. But I'm like, um, that's not the same. Like, no. we're dealing with it. We're, we're at the point where we're like, ugh, I don't want the J&J vax. <laughs> we're choosing from yeah, one. We're choosing. we're choosing one of three different vaccine options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our biggest fear is, like, we're going to get blood clots from one of the vaccines. Yeah. That's what we are in America. Mm -hmm. And they're at the point of no beds, no oxygen. Yeah. It's and, and, really, really sad. And it's, yeah. I just, I want Americans to, to think about that and yeah. to understand that. And the things that we complain about, um, you know, the, and I get it, it's relative, but like the bars and the restaurants, you know, suing the governments because they, they're not allowed to be open past a certain hour and things like that. And I'm just like, I don't think y'all realize how trivial that is in the scheme of things. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a, a international, a global health crisis. Yeah, we have it the easiest mm -hmm. right now, um, and we had we were the hotbed of this shit um, at the start of the pandemic. We had yeah. the, the highest rates, and look at where we are. So that just goes to show you, like when the, that difference in resources and, yeah. and power and influence and things like that, um, where like how far we've come. And then Americans just go back to being stupid and yeah. you know what I mean? And just being like consumptionists and just being worried about all the wrong things. All the wrong things. Just don't give a shit about people. And it's, yeah. it's really sad. Um, oh, actually we, we went to the drive-in yesterday. Um, the drive-in movie? Yes. What did the you Hall see? Of science. Um, you guys have to come one day. I love it. By the way, we had these chocolate covered pretzels from this place called Elena's. Oh my God. They were incredible. Shout out to them. Um, <laughs> but we went to see the premiere of this TV show um, called The Mosquito Coast. It's coming on Apple TV. And Coast. it's, yes, it was um, Justin Theroux. It was really interesting. We saw the first two episodes. And now, of course, my husband's like, we got to get Apple TV because now I got to see the rest of this, this series. It's a show. <laughs> um, but one of the things that was interesting that he was talking about um, about how we throw people away when they are no longer consumers. So mm -hmm. basically when someone is too poor to be a part of this consumptionist uh, economy and society that we don't want to now offer them any help yeah. because they're not feeding into this machine. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's so true though. And it's just really sad and really fucked up. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the worst part is that we know it and then we still perpetuate it. Yeah. 
And I'm like, why are we like this? <laughs> like, why are we like this, y'all? Like, it, this makes no sense. <laughs> I think I feel like a part of it. Definitely, there's some definitely a huge responsibility on our own selves to sort of change that. I think, absolutely. I think it's hard, sort of, when you have when your life. I mean, you have all the messaging that you're getting doesn't change. You know, overall, you know, it's still we're still dealing with the same things that we see of all of these flashy things on television, that doesn't change. And then I think your life, you know, your, your everyday routine, we're humans, humans, what do they call us? Creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, sort of, it's hard to sort of, you really have to put your mind to changing things. If you're just getting up, going to work, going, doing this, people like those routines. People like the comfort in those things because they know what it is. They don't feel unsettled. Where I'm right. Yeah. But you're talking routines, which doesn't necessarily have anything to do with stuff. Well, no, 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 because so, I think like, that's a part of it. I know, but the, the thing is, you can still have those routines and probably cut out half the stuff and be just as satisfied. Um, I was reading a, an article about clutter. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems really odd and off, but I promise it's connected. Um, <laughs> and and um, sort of this idea of like minimalism in your home. Yeah. And um, the author was saying that they were enlightened when they had heard something about it wasn't this idea. Li- li- living a minimalist lifestyle wasn't so much around just not having things, but it was more so when you get to the point of not needing those things. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it wasn't just like getting rid of stuff for the sake of saying that you got rid of stuff and being like, well, I don't need this or I don't, I, I, I don't need to have this in the house, but it's just like when you're also not, when you don't have that like nagging feeling to run out and replace the stuff that you got rid of yeah. in first place. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's literally what it is. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with like the actual physical stuff. Yeah. But more so it's like realizing or understanding that you don't need that much and like and your life can be just as great. Mm-hmm. But and that and I agree with you. I think but what I agree with you and I think what's you, we say that and we we know this and we hear that but then I think that is very hard for people to do myself included you know and I think that's what it is yeah because it's hard to change yourself and I think that is tied into what I was saying before it's like routine and sort of knowing how your life is and taking comfort in something even if you know that it's not necessarily the best way to live or healthy for you or good for you just thinking just going doing it day by day because it's like oh if I change this it's going to be so much so much work to do this and then there are other things that you have to wear I mean imagine people with children and then how they you know maybe they're thinking okay well I know that it's healthy you know they're going to work they're coming home they're taking care of their kids but they're tired or they feel like i need to exercise i need to feed my children healthier stuff and myself healthier things it's sometimes difficult to get on that train and change things because there's a period of just unrest of 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 of, and then i think a lot of people that is sort of unsettling it's easy to go back to how you were before with anything and it's gonna what no, I was going to say, I think that's where it becomes a more macro issue where it's like, you know, we can say it takes, it's us individually that need to make those changes. But that is where like government and regulations and those sort of things then play a much bigger role, right? Yeah. Because it's like not allowing companies and employers to, to force people to work or, or yes, make people work certain hours of the day, building in this infrastructure of people being able to take care of their children the way that they should not letting these um these food quote unquote food because it's not real food companies make all this garbage that they're feeding exactly. you, but i mean not yeah. having 
that shit available yeah you be putting in your kids mouths and um mm-hmm. you know I, I, as a black person i would never want to go back to the 20s or the 30s right mm-hmm. like i don't want to live during that time but i would say that there's something about uh, the simplicity in the times where the technology was a little different and people lived differently and differently was very much slower yeah but i think that there's got to be some appreciation for that um yeah where it was like people did eat healthier because all that processed food and stuff just wasn't available yeah and obviously people die younger because medicine and technology (laughs) so there's an exchange in that but like it's just crazy because it's like at the same rate that we learn how to make our lives better we do so much to make our lives worse Mm -hmm. so um it balances out it's interesting yeah Um, it's different it can be very difficult exactly exactly we don't have the answers (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I have none of the answers. Uh, like, absolutely none. I'm the same girl that wants to go to Zara like every week and buy shit she don't need. Yeah. Um, and I try to you know, practice some restraint. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mind you, for, 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 for the work that I don't physically go to, uh-huh. I have all these tops in my house and I'm like, why did I buy all these tops for Zoom calls? And I wear <laughs> the same hoodie every single day. Like I'm like Trevor Noah. And it's like, same hoodie, different color. Like, girl, get it together. And then you buy all these tops um but yeah so we're all guilty of it but it's mm-hmm. interesting when i watched like hgtv for example and i'll watch like love it or list it and the people are like uh we need to get out of this house it's not functional look this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong and i'm like they have a four thousand square foot house they just have clutter <laughs> like it was like y'all just need to clean the damn house up. yes <laughs> get rid of half that shit y'all don't need what mm-hmm. four thousand square foot home i'm like who needs a home that big it's exactly. insane I don't care how many kids you have. You don't need a 4,000 square foot home. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I, I was watching the same thing because my, fam, my, my family here, I'm still in Boston, Massachusetts, and they love HGTV. And there was a family that I think they had three kids or four kids. They were all like under 10, it seemed. And they wanted, you know, things are bigger just in other spaces that aren't major cities. And uh, I think they were looking, the husband wanted like a 6,000 something square foot home. He wanted, he wanted to go up to like a million dollar budget. And the wife was like, no, that's too much space. We're not going to see the kids. I want to make sure I can, who's going to clean that? All who's going to clean that? Who's yeah. going to clean that? And she, but her thing was, she was like, I don't want to go over 4,000, which is still a significant <laughs> amount of space. And, um, you know, that was their thing. And then he's just like, a, they had a massive yard. And he's like, I just don't feel like this yard is good. I want to add an addition where I can have like a two bedroom this. And I'm like, what? What? Like, who's doing, who's, why do you need that much space? And then the kids, it, it just, it boggled my mind because it's just, yeah, people live so differently. And it's just like, and I always think to me when people have homes and, you know, they, we probably talked about this and they get a home and you go in and they'll have that study and the dining room and the kitchen and then like a sitting room. And I'm like, you don't use all those. They don't things. use any why, of that space. Why do you have it? What is the point of it? If you're not going to use the space, I can understand you want like a, a big amount of space so that you can have friends and family over. But what I don't understand is like, it's just like space that you don't or rooms that you don't use mm-hmm. oh, how many people use their uh, their formal dining room how many people use their study you know it, unless you're working probably most people now that they're working from home but <laughs> it's all this extra space that i see in people's home that is and then they buy all this furniture to, to fill it it's like you have that nice furniture but no one's exactly. ever at that table. it all feeds back into that consumerism 
right? Because now then you get this big ass house and now you need to fill it with things. Mm -hmm. So, and then you feel the need to have these things because you're just like, well, you don't want it to look empty. You don't want your house to look bummy and poor. (laughs) (laughs) You're a million dollar home to look bummy and poor. Out here all day with the bare white walls with one freaking table in the middle of the floor. (laughs) And that's all you get. (laughs) And they're like, what? You got like two ottomans in this big ass room? So I'm, I'm getting Leanne Ford to come in and design all my spaces (laughs) where her dope ass, like just the most sophisticated minimalist kind of, yeah, that's, that's me all day. Mm -hmm. I'm at the point too now where I'm just like, I wanted a walk-in closet. I've always wanted a walk-in closet. And now I'm like, I don't need a walk-in closet. I just need a decent sized closet. And Mm -hmm. then I need to make the space work. Yes. I'm actually getting to that point. I, I want a closet. I will say I don't need a walk-in closet, but I want a closet. And that depends on how it works. I can pare down what I have. I want a closet where I can see all of my stuff. I don't want to change over my spring clothes and my fall clothes. That's all that I ask for. And I don't need a family room. Well, that would be a walk-in closet, I think, for most of us. <laughs> like, like, I like, can that, yeah. Clothes and shoes, like, that would be the both of us. I also just need like a shelf full of wigs, and I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking that back. I said what I said. Like I, I get it. That. Yep, I'm, I'm over the top with that one, but it is what it is. I don't. Think I have a shelf for my wine. I need a shelf for my wigs. Let's think about what you just said. I need a shelf for my wigs. It is 2021. I, there are millions of women now in this world who are like, I need a shelf for my wig. I need a room for my wig. You are not. Okay, room is excessive. Well, I'm just saying, you're not saying. They had that show. I mean, I'm pretty, the um, the Shit's Creek, which I used to love. There have been lots of shows. But this was, now that I think about it, it's interesting. This is a show based in Canada. They didn't really say where it was. I think it was based in America. You know that show with Eugene Lavier. With uh, his son. Yeah. yeah. Isn't, that daughter, isn't that also his daughter? Um, no, not the main girl. His daughter plays the waitress on, on the show. Mm-hmm. So she's not related to them on the show. Right. And um, Catherine O'Hara, her character, who got really, really big with gay people, she's sort of over the top, you know. Mm-hmm. She's a diva. Yeah, she's a diva. Right. Wigs all the time. This white woman wears these wigs all the time. And she has hundreds of them. And the one thing, they only could get to grab certain things when they left the their home. Like they, everything mm-hmm. was taken She took her wigs. She took her wigs. And then there was a scene episode where she's changing wigs depending on her mood. And there was a scene where the house is it, it, exaggerated, but they think the hotel is burning down. The one thing that she grabs is her three favorite wigs who she has names for. And then she's just like, grab Cecilia. I just gave her a blowout. She'll never recover. And she's like, <laughs> she's having the people run in and like get her wigs. You don't care about anything else. But you know, it, it, to me, that's funny. I mean, she's, she's hilarious. They have this scene, which is a tangent, but she, they're at the hospital and they have to call someone on emergency. And then just like her daughter's name is Alexis. And they're just like, call him, call so-and-so. And they're like, call Alexis. She's like, that's a great idea. Does anyone have her number? Like, she just doesn't care about her daughter, Alexis. But yeah, I'm just saying, this is so what I'm, to back to what I was originally saying is that it is culturally a thing now to have wigs. If they have this white rich woman on television who's obsessed with wigs, that is not everyone is into them. But that's not new. I mean, like, is- wigs have been. I mean, come on, go, go back to like you know, seventeenth century uh, Britain and what like yeah. that's what you wore. Like that was a, a marker of 
your wealth. It was like if you had these big grand wigs, like men wore wigs. Mm-hmm. I think it was up until recently, it was like you couldn't even go to court, like in the UK, without a wig on. <laughs> like the men <laughs> had to put them little curly wigs on. So it's like, oh, weird. Yeah. I'm just saying that I understand that I might be excessive in that way. And to say that I need a shelf for my wigs, and by shelf, I mean like, the whole wall unit yeah. for my wigs um, is also excessive and consumerist. Um, and I was actually, we were supposed to talk about like housing and what's going on with the housing market right now, but I think it is still, still all related um, that they're saying that the housing market has gotten so crazy in terms of like homes available, like new homes available on the market mm-hmm. that people are putting in offers without contingencies. And I'm like, that's so dangerous. Like, I'm what sorry. What does that I mean exactly? To, basically, contingencies are um, where you could say, like, okay, well, where we've come to an agreement. You know, you we put in an offer, you accepted this. We said that this is what we'll pay for the house. However, upon inspection and appraisal and other things, if we um, uncover some really unsavory things, then we can either pull out of the deal or renegotiate the price. Right. So like you get in there, you get an inspection. It turns out the electrical is completely shot. And if you buy this home, it's going to cost you 15 grand to redo all the electrical. Mm -hmm. You might want to come back to the table with the seller and say, hey, listen, we after the appraisal or after the inspection, it showed that the electrical was like completely toast. We can't actually pay you. what We said we were going to pay you because we need to put in X amount of money to fix this. Mm -hmm. Um. And and the, the seller can say, no, you both can walk away. But then that way you're just not out of your money and now also holding the bag with this huge expense. Exactly. So people are removing these contingencies because the sellers are actually the ones who have all the power right now. So they're just like, oh, you know, if you want a contingency, then we'll just sell it to someone else. People are coming to the table with cash offers, no Why? contingency, because that the market is so hot right now because the availability is so low. So it's a seller's market. And I'm just like, I just would rethink my, like, I just wouldn't move. Like, I just be exactly. like, sorry, we just can't buy a house this year. Yeah, you would. Um, that's a luxury. That's yeah. also a luxury. Yeah. And, and, and also, like, the, it's not even like the, the, um, the interest rates are low. The interest rates are going up. Mind you, by going up there at like 4%, because the interest rates were like at nothing because of the fucking housing bubble yeah. burst. But, it's crazy. And I'm just like, I would just rethink this whole thing. Like, I just, exactly. You know, I would just be like, maybe we need to just rent for the next year or whatever mm-hmm. um, and see what's up. And I know some some experts are saying, don't do that. They're like, just keep grinding at it until you find what you want and whatever. But I'm like, not if I have to take that safety away because... That's a huge issue. I was watching oh Judge God. Judy, oddly. I was watching Judge Judy the other day, and this, this guy bought a house. He was suing the seller because he was like, after he bought the house, it had a huge plumbing issue, mm-hmm. and he had to redo all the plumbing. And he lost because Judge Judy was like, you should have inspected it. <laughs> and he was like, I did. He basically, he opted for the cheaper inspection, where mm-hmm. I guess they didn't deep dive into the plumbing. And it was like, mm-hmm. he said he ran the washing machine, and it burst the whole plumbing system. And I'm like, that seems like something that even the slightest inspection should have uncovered mm-hmm. if that was all it took but in any case but it's just stuff like that i'm like yeah you don't want to buy a house and then it's like welcome to home ownership now you've got a ten thousand dollar cost that you need to invest in in this home that you just spent 500 grand on 
And I'm oh like, you, you like, we just have to be smarter. But again, it's like money, 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 instead of people, people, people. Oh my God. <laughs> we don't care. That is insane. That is insane. I mean, to you, I'm glad you said that. Just don't move. I'm like, this, these, the people who are doing this either must be really stupid or just have a lot of money to blow. Like they're going to, with just waving away the I don't even know if that's the case. I think it's just people want what they want. And then they get in this mindset that they're going to do something. You know what I mean? And they're like, we saved up all this money. We said we're going to move. Like we're going to do this thing. I think also too, you have to remember that we live in New York. We live in the Northeast. We live in New York specifically too. Uh It's very different here. So when you talk about, when you think about going to like Montana or um, uh, even North Carolina or something where it's like renting for a lot of people just doesn't even come to mind or it's not an option. So if someone is relocating for a job or something, they're like, okay, we have to buy a house. You know, they don't think it, about like that rental market in the same way, or it looks very different than it does here. You know what? I That's true. I was just thinking when you were first telling me about this, I'm just thinking of, I feel like what I would assume that would be the majority of people who are in their home now and just mm-hmm. want to move to a bigger home or a more upgraded home. That's mm-hmm. I didn't really think. I'm I'm wondering how many. What's the percentage of those people who are actually moving and like wave waving these contingencies, going through with just all cash offers or offers, are doing this because they have to. Like your examples of moving to a different state because of a new job, or I can't even think of another reason why you would want to do this, or why you would do that, or I don't know. You finding asbestos or, or lead in your home, which all dogs oh, would no, not they happen. would just have it removed. Yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> you don't move I'm like, it's like, I'm like what? Get it, yeah, it's like, I feel like it, the, the most people are not moving because of the job, um, you know, the, the, because they have a new job. Especially during the pandemic. It's like, I'm pretty sure there are people, you can work from home, you can work remotely. You just want to move because you want to move and you thinking this is a hot deal right now. So just settle in, hunker down. You can see you saved all this money. That means you can save more money. Well, I, oddly enough, some people are selling their homes because the housing market is so hot and then renting because the yeah. rental market. So yeah, so it's it's a great rental market for renters. Mm-hmm. So but it, it's terrible for the landlords, but then it's a housing market for sellers. So I'm like, yeah, if I was sitting on a dope ass property, I probably would sell my house and then just rent. Uh-huh. Until, it, until it turned around mm-hmm. and I'd be sitting on that kid's ash ready, <laughs> it the dash, ready when that shit turns around and then them interest rates go back down oh, listen you know me I'm patient I could wait it out three four five years yeah. I don't make work listen we stayed in our apartment we were we were gonna move because I wanted more space um just a little bit more space especially being home now it was just like okay um, mm-hmm. And then, you know me, I'm thinking ahead, too. So I'm like, if we're going to have kids in the next couple of years, I would rather just be in that space and grow into that space. Um, now, especially if we can get the space while the, the cost is lower mm-hmm. um, and stay in there because, you know, it's like, oh, if your rent's going up every year or what have you. I'm like, by the time we got to the point of what we would be paying in like five years would be significantly less than if we moved in five years. So uh, especially getting in while the rental market is so much lower. 
So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it long term in that way. Like, no, I would be looking to move into a space that I could grow into for a long time. But, yeah. You know, obviously, the longer you stay in the space, the less rent you're going to be paying than if you moved into that space by the time, you know, prices have gone up and everything's changed. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just a bunch of people moved out of our building. We live in a tiny building. The landlord owns, who owns the building lives in the building. And we were the only other tenants left besides the landlord. So... We were just like, look, if we move, are you going to be fucked? And he was like, yeah, kind of. So we were like, okay, we won't move. That's, like, that's yeah. simple. Yeah. Like, to me, it was, it was a very simple, like, that, hello, like, we're not going to just leave him in a lurch because, oh, we want more space and we can get more space for cheaper right now because mm-hmm. the, it's a renter's market. That's great. Um, all I can hope is that by the time we need to move, that we can find what we need and we have the money and we can afford it or whatever. But it was like, we're not going to choose just, yeah, just having more space and for cheaper and, want, and wanting more something for ourselves over like, the, we're not going to screw somebody over mm-hmm. like yeah. in exchange. Yeah. Listen, you got to do what you got to do. That was nice of you guys. That was nice. Are the other apartments do you like that? Have you seen inside the other apartments? I haven't, and I want to. They've been yes. houses, and I was like, yeah, I need to go peep those. I think he did a little work and stuff. It's the yeah. same layout as our apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, the footprint, I'm sure, is exactly the same, so I want to check them out. But um, I'm so greedy. I'm like, I want one of my friends to move in downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come look at the apartment. Yeah, because they just like, listen, this during the pandemic. I go down your stairs. We can hang out. It makes right. everything so or much just easier. just not even a pandemic, just so we could be like friends. Yeah, know? yeah. Like, you're right downstairs. Don't you want to have like friendships like on TV? Yes, I joke I all the time. Real, but I know they're not real. They could be Sex in the City friends. I I mean, you and I have lived together uh, for many years off and on. But I joke. I say, if I get old, I go, I would be like, hey, y'all, I'm going to move in with you guys. Let's take care of each other. I don't I don't mind doing that. I make sure you take your pills. You make sure I take mine. We have a good time. We totally be golden girls. It makes me save money. Y'all want a fixed income? Let's just, it, it, to me, it's it's the smartest thing. All you have to, all the only thing you would have to decide is where you want to live, and yeah, where you want to live. That's all. I agree. We can do that. Let's let's make an agreement t- today, right here on the I, podcast. I would that totally do when that. We when we um are old and retired, elderly. Let's go all the way elderly, elderly. And retired. That we will move in together and take care of each other. Yeah. Um, significant others and all. Like we gonna make. It Why work. not? I, listen, I would even do it. Like I mean, that's 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 pushing it. But it's say like, like, what if we retire and it's like, listen, I want to. We're not working anymore. Depending on what what happens after your time, because it does not mean your life is over. Listen, let's just plan with your friends. What what do you what are you looking for? We all have a conversation. What's your, what's what's after your sixties? What are they gonna look like? You want to move here? Maybe I'll think about that. Maybe we don't have to live together, but we can all live close to one another right, in a community too, yeah. near each other. Why not? That, that works for me. me. I just feel like, unfortunately, like I'm gonna be the one to like work till I'm like ninety three. So. Sorry, y'all. Y'all go ahead and go on that cruise without me. Uh, if I get some PTO. That's all. We're like, well, girl, we'll see you in the community when we come back. <laughs> so, you'll still I've been a starving artist too long. I ain't going to have no ass retirement savings. <laughs> uh, listen, 
We all be supporting each other. Like, we don't got no money either, girl. We got this free cruise from gambling, sitting at the slots all day. Come on now. We'll if that you wasn't a gambler as a young person, I don't think you're going to be a gambler as an elderly It would be funny if I picked up like a gambling addiction in my like 70s. That would not be funny. That would be the worst. <laughs> I'd rather you picked up like a drug addiction. Yeah, can you imagine like coke? It'd like way more enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> like stay the seventy year old. That is just called pain medication. Yeah, like, <laughs> like just let him do whatever he want to do. He hurting nobody else. It's like I'm all cracked out and kicked out of the community. He's like y'all can't. He can't live with us no more. <laughs> We're like, well, because he stole all that stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He stole my bath pad. You know, my 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 arthritis medication. You know, you can't do it. This is terrible. We're gonna go. We're going. We're going to hell right after we finish the podcast. But this is the things we said in the last two minutes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But now I just think that it's um you know it's full circle right and talking mm-hmm. about like friendships and it's this idea of just relationships with people and this whole housing how this housing market thing is going and how it just lends into how fucked up. Um, our economy is in the way that we look at things and this opportunity of just moving ourselves forward um, without ever thinking about like other people and what mm-hmm. those implications are. And it's really kind of crazy. The The article that we read in Harper's Bazaar was just saying like the pandemic definitely will change our friendships forever one way or the other. So for yeah. some people, it'll make them stronger and some people it'll just show that like your friendships were trash in the beginning with. Um, to begin with, but I'm just like at the end of the day, like we just need to be better to people mm-hmm. in general. Like, there's no reason why one country should be like, "Ooh, which vaccine shall I have today?" Yeah, when you have another country where there's like millions of people just dying mm-hmm. because they just don't have any options. Yeah, yeah, and and people need to wake up, and I think we got a a little taste of that even in the beginning of the pandemic when people were like, thank the essential workers. And even I was hoping that that would go further because it was very limited. And I mean, at that point people were dying, but it was very much about the doctors and the nurses. And it's funny how there's a hierarchy, the doctors and then the nurses. And it's like, nurses do a whole lot of that. Nurses are the ones taking care of you from sun up to sun down. The doctors are very important as well. They're a very important part of the piece, but the one would not work without the other. And a nurse can keep you going until you find a doctor. So it's or just the like, food delivery people. Yeah. Like, um, it's not just a matter of you ordering off seamless or not wanting to get off your ass and cook. There are people who can't do Exactly. That. Who can't afford, yeah. Not, the, no, not even just can't afford, but people who need to have their food delivered to them. Yes. Who, right, who can't get up and go to the food pantry or who can't get up and go to the, to the supermarket. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they have services like Instacart, um, that you know where people do that so yeah. it's just it's 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 yeah it's it, crazy it, it's crazy it was short-lived though this it was short-lived all the people was and now we're back to oh my god yeah and, and why people didn't been, you bring me this thing faster or and, and that's insane i know we have to go but also just what i was talking the nurses and the doctors the people who clean the hospitals the sanitation workers mm-hmm. all those people who allowed us to live more comfortably or that have some sense of normalcy throughout all of this, they couldn't stop working. The sanitation workers can just be like, whatever. The ho- people who clean the hospital, who changes your change your bed, who keep the lights on, who do all the maintenance, they can just be like, whatever. They had to go to work. They had to put themselves and their families at risk in order for us to continue going as like a society. 
those people should be praised. And I don't think a lot of that, a lot of attention was given to those other people who are outside of, they just essential workers, but people were mainly just like, thank you to the doctors and nurses. And I'm like, there are people who allow them to do what they need to do. It, it is all, it's, it's a machine and there are different, like, everyone plays their role. And I don't think people were thinking about that. So that's it. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the people who make the laws and the rules and the legislation, they don't live where we live mm-hmm. and they don't, yeah, or they certainly not, not even us. Cause I feel like I'm blessed. Um, yeah. But yeah. they don't, yeah, they don't live amongst people who have little, who have the least. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not thinking from that perspective. It's also crazy. Child, we could go on and on and on about this. (laughs) Lord. But I need to go and finish this episode of Drag Race. All righty. Okay. That said, if this episode was sickening and you just want to come back for more, (laughs) subscribe if you love Black Hipster. um, Mm -hmm. Make sure you rate us. Um, You want to let them know where they can find us, email us, and all that good stuff. Yes, darling. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcast. That's iTunes, that's Spotify, that's Podbean. You can email us at blackhipsterpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at blackhipsterpodcast. Where can they find you, darling? At the Shawa Evans. That's T H E E Shawa Evans. Mm -hmm. You know you a star when you have to spell it out. That's T E E E E. Yes, um, you can find me at Standrick Wiggins. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's where you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, darling. All righty, kitty girl. <laughs> next week. <laughs> so next week. Bye. Bye.